Blog Talk Radio. show on the place two days of the week since you don't want to be so there's more enough to talk about how are we doing over there Wayne? we're doing pretty well we're holding down the bsd new york office up here i say we got a fair amount to talk about yeah more than enough so i'm ready always all right let's do it 2018 final basketball recruiting rankings just came in jalen horde picked up his fifth star from all major recruiting outlets espn 247 and rivals he is the highest-ranked basketball recruit to be coming into Wake Forest since Alfarik Aminu, and he's coming off a pair of great performances at the Nike Hoop Summit and the Jordan Brand game. Uh, he led the world team with 13-4, and four, I think it was, and he just looked like one of the best players in the country. We couldn't be more excited he's coming on board. Yeah, I mean, I mean we talked about it when he, he initially committed that he was going to be the headliner of this class and and I it never really doubted I, I didn't think he was going to be a five-star at the end of the day um, but it is great to see him get that recognition he had a great senior season at Wesleyan Christian Academy and obviously the great performances at Nike Hoop Summit and the Jordan Brand game he actually had 12 points and 15 rebounds seven of them on the offensive end at the Nike Hoop Summit and just earned praise from Jerry Meyer of 247 Sports Draft Express I know was tweeting about him um, he seems like the real deal and a guy who can slide into the four really easily and just do great things. So couldn't be more happy that uh, Jalen Horde is a deke. The basketball recruiting class coming in is ranked 20th in the country. The other top guy in that class is Isaiah Mucius, friend of the pod, four-star consensus recruit from ESPN 247 and rivals. He's another long wing, and it looks like the team's going to look significantly different next year with these two guys on the outside. Yeah, completely. I, mean, I think the offensive end, it will run a lot through Jalen Horde at the four. Initially, when he committed, we weren't sure if he was going to play the three or the four. But throughout his senior season, it looked more and more that he is a post player who can stretch out to the three-point line. But uh, his passing ability from the high post is something I'm really, really excited about. I mean, Isaiah Mucius, just last week, he was named New Hampshire Player of the Year by the USA Today. He was the NEPSAC, which is the division up in, in the New England area, AAA Player of the Year, and was invited to the Allen Iverson Round Ball Classic with other top recruits in the nation this weekend. These two guys are guys that will immediately slide into the rotation and potentially the starting lineup, and I think it goes into what Danny Manning has really been trying to recruit the last couple of years. Guys who can guard multiple positions. I mean, I think Jalen Horde could potentially guard anywhere from the three to the five at times, whether you go smaller or big. Uh, Isaiah Mush is anywhere from the two to the four. It's a lot of guys we've seen in recent years, right? Uh, Melo Eggleston, also very versatile. Sharon Wright Jr., another guy in this class that we can mention in a few minutes, um, can kind of play from point guard, a shooting guard role, and maybe even if he grows a little bit more in a small forward role. So uh, Danny Manning is certainly going for that positionless basketball type uh, type game plan, and, and I think it will be really interesting. You needed to change something up after a 4-14 and season, and our roster will look definitely completely different. Absolutely. I, we talked about last year at some times 
possibly the best lineup was with four guards around Doral Moore. Doral Moore just signed with an agent. He won't be with the Knicks next year. But it seems like for a few years they've been missing some wings. I go back to the moment uh, you and I were in the building for the Duke game two years ago. Mitchell Wilbekin, God bless him, he's 5'11 on a good day. Luke Kennard hits a three at the buzzer to beat the Deeks end the game on a 12-0 run. Kennard's six foot six. Mitchell's a great player, but in any other situation, I would rather have Mucius or Horde with a hand up. Right. You, you and this is why you're guys Mucius and Horde and Junior, so that you don't kind of fall into the constant rotation, putting a weaker defender on, on some wings. And the ACC is the basketball conference in the nation. So if you're putting up guys like Keyshawn Woods, who is looking at other ACC programs, though, but isn't the best defender, Mitchell Wilbekin, those some defensive liabilities. And so when you can bring in guys who might be able to guard multiple positions or different matchups and maybe switch to a zone briefly, I know we, we kind of experimented that at the year. Um, but I think defensively will look completely different. And, and you look at the guys, what Horde can bring on the offensive end, and Mucius had a fantastic senior year at, at Brewster. There's a lot to, to I mean, change is a good thing um, when you're coming off the stuff we just Absolutely. And you mentioned Sharon Wright Jr. He's part of this quintet of prospects coming in, the other two being Jamie Lewis and Christian Lorne. Lorne looks like a bit of a project, also a Frenchman natively. And Jamie Lewis hasn't played a whole lot of basketball in the last 18 months to two years, so we don't totally know uh, what the Deeks will be getting there. But at one time, he was an explosive four-star lead guard uh, who could hit some shots from the outside. You know, this this is a class that's five deep. It's ranked 20th in the country for a reason. We just don't mm-hmm. totally know how the pieces are going to fit together from day one. And on a team that only has, what, five guys coming back, six guys coming back, is potentially six guys if Brian comes back. It's a team where there are probably more questions than answers. Yeah, I mean, these three guys, I think Wright, you know a little bit more about what you're getting compared to Lewis and Lauren. Um, Wright will be he's very versatile uh, and he'll contribute. I, th- I think he's a great kind of backup option to Brandon Childress here at, at the point guard position. And he's definitely, um, he obviously at 6'5", 6'6", he over the defense a little uh, differently. As for Lewis and Lauren, those are guys you really don't know what you're getting because the injuries. Lauren, because he was kind of a late pickup, uh, just came over France a couple of years. Ago, I think he's a little bit raw, but with, with Danny Manning has proved he can develop. I mean, there is a of the first two classes, he signed three men. There are Dino, Doral Moore, and John Collins, and all of them are going to be making money professionally next year. So it's not a question of whether or not he can develop bigs. It's just whether Christian Lauren can give you next year or not. Uh, I, I think his recruitment was directly um, kind of related to Doral Moore and, and him declaring for the draft. And I think the staff probably of Durant's intentions a couple weeks ago, um, and that's why they decided to pursue another guy in the 2018 class. I think he has a lot of upside. At the same time, with these guys, with Lewis and Lauren, you really only need two or three guys in your freshman class to come and contribute every year. Um, you're only going to be an eight or nine deep rotation. And so if you've got guys at the back end of your roster who are just there to develop or there to get healthy, maybe in Lewis's case, that's totally okay. It's just a matter of guys one through eight are contributing and giving you enough to actually compete in the ACC. So with all those guys coming in, there are still three spots left open if Brian Crawford signs with an agent and indeed becomes a pro. Those three scholarships, 
One of them could go to Sunday O'Keek, the recruited walk-on who played some valuable minutes for the Deeks last year. And two of them could go to grad transfers. The grad transfer market is kind of heating up in these last couple of weeks of April. Where do we stand with some guys there? Yeah, so the couple names I, I'd highlight, and I, I made out that um, that Google Sheets sheet that I, I tweeted out a little bit ago. So it looks like Chetty Mosley, Trey Porter, Nat Dixon, and Akenna Smart are the four names to keep an eye on. Uh, Nat Dixon is a, a shooting guard, 6'4". He actually originally committed to Boston College to play football, very athletic uh, two guard who shot 40% from three last year and actually led the SOCON in minutes at just under 37 minutes per game. So definitely has the endurance, and, and he's solid defensively and solid offensively. He visited last weekend, and he's taking an official visit to Penn State this weekend. And I think he'll probably uh, – he might take another official visit after that, but he'll probably make a decision in the next two or three weeks. He's my number one guy here. Um, losing Keyshawn Woods and, and Lucha Wilbekin, you need another perimeter threat. Um, and Matt Dixon is that guy. perfectly fits in the system and provide a valuable kind of leadership role as well. Um, the 1A and 1B would be trade order. And, and this is more directly related to Doral Morris' decision to enter the NBA draft and stay in the NBA draft. He's 6'10", big man from Old Dominion, very efficient low block here for them, averaged just under 14, I believe, 7. Um, and I like his game a lot, and I, I believe last year I had the scoop that he'll be taking an official visit next weekend. A couple other programs in Maryland, which is home in Indiana, has been in contact with him. If we can land these guys, I'm feeling very confident that we'll be able to be in the ACC. Um, adding another shooter Post presence is exactly what we need. And then you free up scholarships immediately for 2019 um, as well. And you don't kind of overload or imbalance the overall roster. So adding two defenses would be fantastic. I would say probably the over under right now is one and a half of it if, we, uh, if you're going to be putting on a betting line. Uh, but it'll definitely be exciting couple of weeks uh, to come on that transfer market for Wake Forest. So you mentioned the 2019 class and we don't want to get too pessimistic, but this is a bit of a pivotal class. Uh, the 20 class was coming on the coattails of an NCAA tournament appearance, right? And that was mm-hmm. – we then directly saw the benefits of that, landing a top 20 class in the country and a five-star like Jalen Hort. This class will be recruited coming off the 4-14 and 14 season that was the 2017-2018 season. And – probably turned us all prematurely gray far too soon. <laughs> that is to say the 2019 class, we really don't have a great idea of who the main targets are or really how this class is going to shake out. We, we've got some good names for you, but past that, there aren't guys that necessarily we feel all that great about. Yeah. I mean, we've had this conversation in the past too. What recruiting really comes down to is the pitch that you can give or- and the story that you can tell when you're going into their, their homes and talking about what they should choose with Wake Forest. And quite frankly, just the story that the staff can tell right now is not as strong as it could tell Jalen Holiday and those in the 2018 cycle. And because in the 2018 cycle, you could pitch, oh, we had a couple years of development um, and rebuilding, but now we're an NCAA tournament team. We took a guy like three star in John Collins and made a top 20 NBA draft pick. This could use. We are going to be competing for ACC championships in the next two or three years. You commit. And now for the 2019, you just you just lost a lot of momentum that you had. So there, you can no longer. Recruits are now saying, well, you took a huge step back last year um, and went four and 14 and have all this attrition. The, the story, most importantly, the anti-recruiting 
that other schools can do on you uh, is, much, is much stronger. So when you're competing for the same level of recruits, and I, I think we're going to number up 50 guys, Wendover is one we've consistently mentioned. Um, Justin Moore, uh, kind of a top 100 combo guard from the Maryland area. We've been on him for a while. But when you're yeah. going after the same type of caliber guys, four-star, five-star prospects against those teams like Louisville and Maryland and UNC that haven't taken step back, um, it becomes a lot harder to, to ultimately finalize that, that deal. And so I, I think we're, we're definitely in contention for some of these guys, but maybe it's not as, as um, we're not as in a good position as we would hope at this point in the cycle. Yeah, and I think NC State's a great example, right? NC State had a great player in Dennis Smith Jr., who was also a lot of, well, John Collins was a lottery pick, but was also first-round pick like John Collins. NC State changed coaches last year and all of a sudden had a better year without a yep. lottery pick on the team. So you can only sell the rebuild for so long. Heading into Coach Manning's year five, it's a make-or-break not only – year on the court, but recruiting cycle, because uh, what, what we see consistently is that, okay, a coach might get the benefit of the doubt if they have a top 10, top 15, top 20 class tethered to him. Uh, Lorenzo Romar had that going for him for years at University of Washington. But that goodwill can only last so long if the on-court lackluster performances continue. Yeah. Throw in a couple of these names. I think we're certainly out of contention for these guys, but in Anthony Harris, where last summer it was getting re- reported that we were one of his top schools, and, and now it looks like Virginia Tech is, is, might be kind of ahead of us in that race. Um, Justin Moore, who we've been on forever, and, and it seemed like we are in a really good place a couple months ago. Well, now Villanova, who's the national champions and can probably give a slightly better pitch than the weekend, is just set an in-home visit with him and brought the entire staff to talk about how he's such a priority for them. Um, Jalen Leck is another name that we mentioned last summer, and he has the likes of Kentucky, Oregon, Duke after him every single weekend. And so, like you said, it's just a lot harder to be able to come after these guys. And and when you have a down year, make sure that you can consistently have the momentum. There's some coaches that can kind of push through it and keep giving the same pitch over and over again. It keeps working, but at some point you got to get results. Um, And so it'll definitely be interesting to see how this 2019 class winds up. This summer is going to be absolutely huge for recruiting. The summer will be huge for recruiting, but after the summer comes the fall, and I don't think you and I could be more excited about the direction of this football program right now and what the fall could possibly bring, especially coming off the Belk Bowl win that we saw over Texas A&M last December. Yep. is a team that already has seven commits. They've already lost a commitment as well in Tristan Miller, but there is a ton of momentum on the recruiting trail right now for coach Dave Klossman, the Deeks. Brendan Clark is a quarterback who looks like he could be the best quarterback commit ever to come to Winston-Salem. They've got a couple other guys. This is a program that is hot right now. It, it is. And it's because that, I mean, same as in basketball, it's because of the pitch that you get. Dave Clawson now, active bowl wins. You can show off the fancy trophies. You can show off the rings. That has an impact on these kids. And now everyone's starting to believe that the whole goal and mission that Dave had from day one was we're going to be competing for ACC championships. And now you have back years of building on your win total. Next year with a bit easier schedule, you could see eight wins or nine wins or even ten wins in some scenarios come for this program. 
And so that's why this, this football team is just, and the, and the recruiting in general is just taken off. So yeah, seven commits, Brendan Clark is probably the headliner. who's was the first commit um, in the class. He was region six B player of the year in Virginia, which is the top classification in Virginia. He was just named MVP of the Charlotte elite 11 camp, which looks at some of the best quarterbacks in, across the country. And, and he very well could end up being a top 10 quarterback in the nation, which is crazy to think about. Um, another name that just committed recently is Kendrell Flowers. So he played for or plays for Irmo in South Carolina, one of the top classifications there. Kind of a wide receiver running back. Reminds me a lot of Christian Beal in that you could find a lot of ways to incorporate him into your offensive game plan. He mentioned that how it's an academic and athletic to him. And that has kind of been the bread and butter of Dave Cloth's staff gotten here, knowing that they go after kids who are also not just very athletic and, and can contribute on the field, but want to choose Wake Forest because of the academic benefits it can bring. And in that case, if you're, if you're having guys whose heads are in the right places and they know it's a 40 decision and a 40 decision, it's a lot easier to hold on to them, even if you're getting commitments from them early on in the process. Yeah, and you and I talked months back about the staff's decision to implement Zcruit, which is a platform that basically gives them a better idea of which guys are going to be good fits. And so you're not sifting through uh, as many tapes as you might otherwise. I think that we, we've seen that a lot in the last few years. I don't know if there's a better case than Jesse Bates, who might be on the verge of being a first, second, or third round pick in the yep. NFL draft. I don't remember when Z Crew came into play, so I can't necessarily speak to that for, for him. But you and I were going through the prospects earlier and when they signed. Obviously, seven is the most that uh, the Deeks have ever had committed by April 21st, which is when we're doing this pod. But pro- the whole process has also moved up, and we're seeing guys take officials now in the next few weeks and making decisions. Uh, that seems to be a little bit of an anomaly, and Coach Clausen has talked a lot about that and the potential implications that could have. But, you know, it's worth bringing up the question of can we hold on to these guys? Because the quality of recruit that we're looking at right now is much higher. These, these are guys that, you know, in the case of Brendan Clark and Kendrell Flowers, those are, those are two guys that I think are some of the, you know, at least my favorite huddle film I've watched on a quarterback or a running back. And yeah. we've got a ways to go to signing day. It's great to lock them up uh, in, with a verbal. It's even better to lock that up on pen and paper. Completely. And I, I think there's a couple of things that we have going in our favor of why we can hold on to these guys. One is being able to, well, you're holding on to them as an eight and five program and not a three and nine program. And they can see kind of the, the wins coming in Winston-Salem in their future. And there's a lot of momentum and excitement around around Wake in general. I mean, I, I think I showed you that Google Trends chart that showed overall Wake Forest searches that just skyrocketed during the week of the Belk Bowl. People are, are finding Wake Forest or searching for Wake Forest, and the brand of Wake Forest football is as high right now as it has been in the last decade or so. Um, as for other things that we have going in our favor, obviously you have some of the top facilities in the nation now um, with, with just that indoor facility, which is absolutely beautiful, in addition to the wins. And I think just in general – you need to be finding recruits such as Jeremiah Gray, for example, who are all in on Wake Forest and want to be spending their time recruiting others in the class to make sure that their class is the best they can be. If you can have advocates for your class in general and making sure that they are spreading kind of the Wake Forest 
love throughout social media and, and recruiting for you as well. It's a lot easier to hold on to those guys by the time National Signing Day comes around than if everyone feels a little disconnected from the rest of the class. Um, so I think those three aspects we really have in our favor. Uh, obviously, the Tristan Miller decommitment, I think he just made a decision too soon a little bit and didn't know exactly what he wanted. And a lot of great offers came for him, and I wish him nothing but the best. Um, but I'm still very excited about this 2018 class. There's a lot, or, or 2019 class, excuse me. There's a lot to like about what we already have, and there's a lot to like going forward in the next couple months as well. No doubt. Well, let's dive right into the Demon's Den. I got four questions for you. I'm going to throw them right at you and expect a quick answer. All right, Wick will fill up its scholarship limit for the 2018-2019 basketball season. There will be three open spots if Brian Crawford signs with an agent and goes to the NBA. Yeah, there'll actually be four open spots if, if Brian Crawford goes. Um, I, I don't think that will we'll fill that. I mean, it also depends if you consider giving Sunday Okiki a scholarship as, as filling it or just giving him kind of temporary scholarship as well. Um, I think we land, hopefully, best case scenario would be two grad transfers and you can have those scholarships roll over um, for the 2019 class and be able to not lose them or, or lock them up for an extended period of time. Um, but I don't think we, we, we enter the season at 13 scholarships next year. Who knows what happens with those 2019 scholarships, but let's hope we can give them away. Wake will land another top 30 basketball recruit in the 2019 class. Mm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell on that as well, mainly just because I think Wendell Moore seems to be the guy most likely to finish in the top 30 and with just Duke coming in really hard, UNC. I mean, both those programs um, have, a lot, have a lot to offer, and, and if they're coming in hard and making sure that they're prioritizing him, it's going to be tough for Wake to, to overcome that. In that same vein, he's played two years at Kentucky. He'd have to sit out a year, and then he'd have two more years of eligibility. Will the Deeks land Sasha Kalea-Jones? Yes, yeah, that's what we actually didn't talk about earlier, but it might be the most interesting one that we actually just made his top ten. Obviously, he was a five-star committed to UK. We initially were recruiting him as a number 2016 class. Uh, he committed to UVA, committed, then went uh, to Kalapari in, in Lexington. I mean, this is still weeks and way they decided I do think we might be able to get an unofficial visit from um, in the coming weeks just based on the relationship the staff has with him but there's a lot of sisters here he's originally from Toll Hill you can see that from him as well um, I'm going to say say no to that and last but not least where will the Wake football recruiting class finish up it's been in the 50s in the last couple of years right now it's at 31 in the country yeah 31 and I think seventh in the ACC I, I, I still hold my head's finished in the low 50s. Um, it's tough. We mentioned the past recruiting podcast. It's tough for Wake players to get the benefit of in recruiting rankings, uh, particularly if you, you commit early and so much of recruiting rankings are based on other offers you get, not racking up offers or making it publicly known that you landed offers. I know Sam Hartman got it in just late and he just didn't let anyone know. Um, so he kind of stayed in, in his recruiting uh, spot the whole time. I think we finished low 50s, but there's nothing wrong with low 50s getting votes on the field. And those 50 recruiting classes are winning, winning bowl games for you. So I'm, I'm with low 50s. Yeah, absolutely. I've got no problem if they win the belt bowl from now until the end of time. Well, that was a lot of fun. As always, I'm Whit Harwood holding down the BSD New York office with my brother, Ned Harwood in Charlotte. We will talk to you another time. Go Deeks. Go Deeks. Thanks, everybody.